Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. In this episode of Law Talks, we are joined by Hannah Sheen, a future trainee solicitor. We discuss Hannah's legal empowerment, volunteering work with non-profit global brigades, including her recent experience in Honduras, working with GB to provide legal aid support in rural communities. Hannah hopes that her passion for using the law to provide greater justice to those who cannot easily access it will inspire other aspiring and future lawyers to do the same. Okay, so to start us off, can you tell us a little bit about what a legal global empowerment brigade involves? Of course. So Global Brigades, the organisation that the Legal Empowerment Brigade is a part of, generally kind of go into local communities and provide some form of support. So that might be medical, economic or business support. And this type of brigade kind of predominantly focuses on providing legal support. So it's entirely volunteer led and kind of groups of student volunteers will go into a local community in either Honduras or Panama and spend a week working directly with a local community under the supervision of a Honduran trained lawyer. And we always focus our efforts on a single community where access to a lawyer is very challenging and kind of to participate. There is a fundraising amount that each volunteer needs to raise in order to kind of participate in the trip. Thank you. That was a very nice overview and it feels like it's a very unique opportunity for students particularly law students to go on and sort of with the different brigades and different universities sort of what's the overall hope to achieve in these communities yeah so as I as I was touching on it's very difficult kind of in these communities to access legal support so the communities are often in very rural areas 
and the cost of a lawyer is just something that these communities cannot afford. So I think that this opportunity is, as you were saying, like a very opportunity for students especially to get involved in. And we kind of hope to just educate these communities a little bit more on what their legal rights are that's kind of the the central goal but beyond that kind of the the name of the of the program legal empowerment kind of says it all I mean you know our goal really really is to empower communities and and educate them as well and we kind of do that in various ways through various activities with the communities throughout the week whilst we are in the country on the brigade. Perfect. Thank you very much. It sounds like it definitely involves, particularly with the legal, it must involve a lot of aspects. And if they're about the week-long brigades, sort of what would you say for a student would the brigade look like on a sort of day-to-day basis? Kind of what do they do during that time? Yeah, so it's a very varied week. We, when I I went to Honduras last month and we were based a couple of hours outside of the capital and kind of commuted into the community each day, which was about a two hour drive. And we, yeah, we did various activities each day with the local community, which was called Soyapa. So for example, on the first day, we kind of, we did a meet and greet with the local community leaders. So that entailed teachers, social work, the pastor from the local church. There was a day where we did a legal clinic, which was probably my favourite part of the week as kind of members of the community would come to us and we would interview them on various legal issues that they needed support on. So it could be anything from wanting to get married. Marriage in Honduras is extremely, extremely expensive and difficult to process without the support of a lawyer. So we were able to assist on on that kind of thing. There were some domestic violence cases which were extremely difficult to, to hear about and things such as How's recognizing a child's legal status. So a real, real range of legal issues that we came across at the legal clinic. We also visited the houses of the communities, and that was kind of a great way to gain more of an insight into kind of how they go about their day-to-day lives and just kind of learn a little bit more about how, you know, how the community of Soyapa, where we were, yeah, live and go about their day-to-day lives. And then and other things you have the opportunity to get involved in include legal education workshops. So it, that's a case of kind of presenting to the community on a topic that they might not know much about. So from my experience, we presented to the adults of Soyapa on violence and different types of violence and educating the the adults of the community on different types of violence and there are other kind of opportunities to get involved with things such as mooting and just to kind of see a little bit more of the culture of Honduras as well so for example a visit to the Supreme Court of Honduras and also an opportunity to visit a law school in the capital of Honduras and that's kind of a good way especially as a law student of kind of you know comparing different legal systems in the way that we're educated on the law in different countries so yeah it's a very it's a very full jam-packed week yeah and lots of lots of things to get involved in wow yeah no I was gonna say you seem to have covered a lot of areas <laughs> of law there and just obviously completely immersing yourselves in Honduran culture which it sounds really interesting is it predominantly just as a sort of side question 
is it mainly UK university students or the US sort of or students from all over? Yeah, it's it's a real it's a real mix. I would say that primarily it's US law students, and I think that's only because it's less travel for, from the US to to Honduras. There's a lot of Canadian students as well, and Germany. I think is another area where yeah, there are lots of students come from, and kind of when you're at when you're at the accommodation, often there are other universities there with you from anywhere around the world. So that's kind of a great opportunity to make new friends from other parts of the world. So yeah, that's another part which is quite fun about the trip. Yeah, that sounds like a really a nice added aspect to the the whole experience. And you mentioned that you had just recently been to Honduras. So when did you first actually become involved with Global Brigades and what inspired you to start volunteering and working with the charity? Yeah, I know that's a very good question. So I, before I actually travelled to Honduras last month, I had already been involved with Global Brigades for about I think about a year and so I first kind of came across Global Brigades just through my university we we had a society set up specifically for Global Brigades itself I think it took me so long to actually go on a brigade in person because of the pandemic at the time in-person brigades had been paused so in June 2021, I participated in a brigade virtually, and that was kind of my first kind of major insight into the work of Global Brigades. But obviously, going there in country is, you know, an incredible, incredible opportunity. And I'm really glad that I that I got to do that this year. And I think the reason why I chose to volunteer is because I think Global Brigades is a very sustainable organisation, so it's not just a case of going into a community, providing a week-long amount of support, and then kind of not really seeing the end results. Global Brigades kind of work with communities very much on a long-term basis, so by that I mean another group of students will go into the community that that I went into last month and kind of do follow-up work and global brigades are always following up with with that community so that means that kind of communication is always open and it's really inspiring to kind of see the longer term progress in the communities and I think as well just going on a brigade in a place like Honduras as a law student I think that is you know, a very unique opportunity. You get to see the another legal system. You get to meet people in a country that you probably wouldn't normally go to. And there are so many kind of soft skills that you develop through doing something like that. So, and, and just the travel side of it as well was really, really amazing. Honduras is a very beautiful country. So yeah, those are kind of the main reasons that attracted me to GB. And and yeah, it's one of the best decisions that I've made to to kind of get involved with the organization. Yeah, well, that that's wonderful to hear, obviously. And yeah, it sounds like it's just such a unique and an experience that probably most people kind of wouldn't have again or don't, you know, don't kind of particularly with Honduras and that experience it's really adding a new aspect but no thank you very much and so you've spoken a little bit about kind of all the different cases that you saw in your week when you in Honduras so we were wondering sort of as a student-led movement with law students experience different things is there with the sort of legal work experience that you get when you're out there can it be anything is there 
is there a focus on any particular type of law on these brigades or yeah I would say that it is a real mix there is more of a focus on kind of more what I would call human aspects of the law only because that's kind of the nature of the work and going into communities and obviously their issues are going to involve around revolve around things like marriage divorce children housing so those are kind of the main areas that you that you will see but you know if you are interested in a particular area of law global brigades are very good at kind of tailoring your program to any particular interest so that's kind of something to bear in mind for example I'm I'm really involved in kind of pro bono work to do with empowering women in particular. And I think Global Brigades are very good at kind of drawing upon those issues because often, you know, it's women in these in these communities that are really in need of of legal support. So that was definitely something that I was that I was conscious of. And I think that's one of the things that makes Global Brigades just so amazing is that, you know, when you think of women, many in Honduras, females do not work, so therefore do not have any money. And yeah, being able to go into these communities and help women in particular was something that, that was really important to me. And I think, yeah, if you've got an area, an interest in that area in particular, then it's probably a very good fit for you. Perfect. Thank you very much. It seems that it's really, I suppose, global brigades really showing the importance of educating people so that they understand their rights within the within the law and that aspect. So you've spoken obviously a lot about what you what you did out in Honduras and all the different aspects and the kind of flexibility of the program. So, is there one aspect that you can just completely say you enjoyed the most about the brigade? Oh, that's such a difficult question. I think I think the, the main aspect was just seeing that I enjoyed was just seeing how how much it meant to the community that we that we went into just kind of you know we would see the same people kind of you know come to the different programs that we were hosting each day and we really kind of got to develop a bond with those people and you know even though there was a complete language barrier none of us on the trip spoke a word of Spanish so there was a translator there to help us out but that kind of didn't matter you could still see through kind of the language and see just you know how special it was to to the community and that made the trip very very worthwhile. Perfect thank you very much and I suppose such a big part of if everyone there sort of has future law aspirations it's such a big job working with people and communicating and I suppose particularly learning to communicate with people that you can't through language is would be such an important <laughs> definitely yeah I think that I think that's kind of an important skill for for being a lawyer and I think especially at law school you know there's there's so much effort that goes into memorizing case law and applying the law in an academic sense and again I think kind of one of the things that Global Brigades is great at is just kind of translating those really important skills into the real world. So it's, you know, a great kind of foundation for anyone who wants to be a lawyer in, in the future. Perfect. Thank you very much. And, and now focusing, we're now talking about sort of the law and the legal issues. Obviously, you've, you travelled to Honduras, but there's also Panama. Would you say that you've noticed that there were significantly sort of different legal issues compared to maybe like UK law or the US for some students or was it fairly similar things that you kind of learn at university studying? I think that there are a lot of similarities in terms of 
the legal issues that you encounter between the UK and Honduras, which which I can personally kind of draw upon. But I think I think that there are differences in some areas. So as I was talking about earlier, so marriage is extremely expensive in Honduras. So that kind of complicates things legally. And I think as well, just kind of just kind of cultural attitudes influence the law a lot more in Honduras compared to the UK, for example. So divorce is is very challenging. And even if it's legally possible, it you know, might not be supported kind of culturally by the communities. So kind of cultural attitudes was definitely something that I think underpins the law a lot more in Honduras compared to the UK. And I think as well, just kind of accessibility to the law in Honduras, I think is a lot more challenging. I think, I think even if you don't have a legal education in the UK, you can kind of google the basics of many legal issues whereas in Honduras it's a lot more complicated than that it's not it's not as transparent a system there's not kind of legal aid available so yeah you end up with a system which which I think there is to some extent in the UK but unless you can afford access to legal support then you're probably not going to be able to effectively access the law and kind of seek justice so yeah I mean similarities in terms of main legal issues that people face but I think it's a lot more challenging for people in in Honduras to to kind of get justice yeah okay that's really interesting and just out of curiosity when you're talking about marriage in Honduras is that is it like the expense of getting a marriage license or that process or is it more like Honduran weddings like where's the expense Uh, it's yeah having conversations with the lawyer who who was supporting us in Honduras I remember her saying that to to get a marriage license in Honduras is about the equivalent of 600 pounds sterling and obviously I mean that's a lot of money in the UK but Honduras people earn significantly less so that's a huge huge amount of money and you know often what will happen is people will be in relationships for years and years and unable to afford to get married and you know they own property together they have children together and you know if anything happens to that relationship then it makes things very difficult you know if if that couple are not married they you know don't have the same amount of rights so yeah it is a huge problem the fact that it is just so expensive to to get a marriage license in in Honduras that's that's a it's very interesting it's not I suppose I suppose it's the kind of thing that you would learn on this kind of brigade it's not an aspect of the law that that I was aware of in any way with Honduras and things like that so that was it's very very interesting and obviously yes you've spoken about the legal challenges that community members face in Honduras and things like that did you feel that there was some other than potentially the language barrier and things like that there were some kind of big challenges that you had to face on the brigade or was it all fairly a comfortable in time or was things particularly challenging at times? Yeah, I think it was it was quite challenging, especially at the beginning of the week. You know, I I kind of put myself in the position of the community that we were going into. And it at the beginning for them, you know, must have seemed very strange that, you know, a load of law students from from the UK had come across to help them. So I think the main challenge, at least 
at first was kind of getting, you know, these members of the community to just open up and trust us. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was definitely a barrier. And I think towards the end of the week, we definitely had achieved that. And people were very open about kind of legal issues that they faced and needed our support with. And but, you know, trust is a key one because these people were speaking about, you know, very sensitive issues and people are I I really notice people were often afraid about speaking out you know for fear of just punishment from the church I mean Honduras is a very religious community and just kind of being judged by by people around them in the community as well so that that was definitely one of the biggest challenges and I think as well there were a lot of legal issues that we got to hear about and you know at times it could be just a little bit frustrating not being able to do more and not being able to fix you know everyone's problems immediately I mean many legal issues that people faced you know will take time to be resolved but I think I kind of um, was able to see past that by you know just accepting that that people had come to us to get support and you know the the biggest challenge was just for them to to come to us so it was great that that many of them made that first step so yeah there there were definitely challenges but I think the the rewards made it all all worth it perfect and I suppose that's a strength of Globe Brigades that they maintain these connections with communities so that they have the time to help these kind of longer term legal issues and that different aspect of it. Just out of curiosity, do you know sort of, you said you're in a community near the capital, how long the brigades tend to stay within like specific communities or that might not be something that you can answer? Yeah, I think, I think like based upon my understanding and personal experience, I think it's pretty much indefinitely. I think it's quite rare for global brigades to, you know, help a community for a few years and then, you know, step away from it entirely. I think that maybe as a community becomes more empowered, then there might be less of a need for global brigades to provide kind of so much on the ground support. But yeah, those relationships, I know that global brigades are really keen to sustain over the longer term so yeah definitely one of the main things as I was saying like that attracted to me about global brigades is just the the sustainable aspect of it which I think yeah I think that kind of draws upon really nicely yeah it seems to be a a real strength of well I suppose it could just help the movement keep growing and growing it just maintains sustainability this is probably a question I mean you know everyone asked at the moment I was wondering did you kind of notice the impact of the pandemic when you were there like if, if global brigades had to sort of pause their work for around two years was that sort of an aspect of the brigade or had it cut was it all sort of up and running again by the time yeah I know that's that's a really good question I think that I think that's definitely one of the the main things I noticed actually I think that in the UK you know the pandemic is pretty much behind us touch wood whereas I think in Honduras I mean there's still a mask mandate the vaccination program was rolled out very slowly I think 
most people now, even kind of the rural communities that global brigades tend to go into, most people are vaccinated. But COVID is very much present there. And I think it's something that you know, global brigades are very conscious of. So, for example, you know, for us going into the communities, you know, we have to be vaccinated. And I think that kind of, you know, it means that and you also have to have a negative PCR test. And yeah, that means that kind of not as as many people can kind of go into the communities as you know before COVID so that has kind of slowed things down and you know Global Brigade hadn't had any volunteers on the ground until this year so I mean our group was the first legal empowerment brigade for I think it was something like two and a half years and you know Global Brigades have a telebrigades program so where you kind of carry out the same work virtually so they were able to keep continuing through the pandemic through that. But I think it's, you know, it's invaluable being on the ground. So it it was nice to kind of be back. But I think that, you know, COVID is still is still a thing in Honduras. And it's definitely something that, yeah, that, that we noticed throughout the week. Perfect. Thank you very much. It's, yeah, I thought it was uh, interesting seeing sort of the impact on all these long-standing charities and that aspect. And then, and thank you so much. You've explained the brigade's really well and I think it sounds like such an amazing opportunity and something to get involved with so for a lot of our listeners are kind of student age and level so for those listening who'd be keen to get involved with Global Brigades what would you say should be their next steps to yeah I I would think if you're listening to this and you're thinking of getting involved you should definitely definitely do it It, yeah it's one of the best things that that I've ever done I think that many universities have societies that are dedicated to global brigades so you can explore whether you know there is global brigades at your university if there's not then you could consider reaching out to global brigades directly and starting up you know your own global brigade society at your university you don't have to just be a law student if you're interested in the law generally then you can get involved with global brigades and the legal empowerment program if you're a medical student a business student an engineering student there are programs for you and there are programs in many other areas as well as part of global brigades so it's not just focused on the law although you know this program is and also you're able to just reach out to global brigades directly through their website so throughout the year kind of global brigades host various conferences and you know talks and trips for for people generally that are not just kind of university driven so something like that might be a good way of just kind of gaining an initial insight into the work that global brigades do and see if it's something that you would like to kind of commit to in the longer term and I think it's really helpful to speak to people who have been on a brigade before that's definitely something that really helped me figure out whether it was something that that I would enjoy and so you know if the if global brigades do have a presence at your university then definitely reach out to people who are on the committee they might know somebody who has you know traveled on a brigade and that's kind of a really good way of gaining a personal insight and yeah and I think I think it's definitely something to to really explore and to to see if it's something for for you because it's a really unique experience and I think you know if you want to be a lawyer it's something that it's great to gain experience in you know so earlier on in in your career 
Okay, thank you very much. That it does seem the kind of charity that pretty much any sort of student, no matter what you're studying, get involved in, as long as you have an interest in whichever brigade that you are interested in. Then, no, thank you. It's been a, a really, really interesting insight into how Global Brigade works as a charity and the work they do. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Ali. If you would like to learn more or become involved with Global Brigades, visit www.globalbrigades.org. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.